guys, welcome back or welcome to The Stable Equestrian. I've come to the realisation that when I film in my car, that it is really loud. <laughs> and so I want to start recording in a bit of a quieter place, make it a little bit easier to listen to. So fingers crossed, this is a little bit better. And as you guys can tell, today's episode is on horse photography. And... The most accessible education out there on horse photography is a lot of the basic stuff. If you really search, there's some great podcasts on it, there's some great YouTube videos, etc. However, I didn't find when I first started that there was a lot on photographing horse events and things like that. Also, I'm a New Zealand photographer, so New Zealand horse events are a little bit different than a lot of the other ones. In saying that, a lot of these tips are still going to apply, but in saying that, I've never been over there, I've never photographed an event anywhere but New Zealand, and our shows, I think, are a little bit different to ones in other places. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my tips for photographing horse events, a little bit about how I got into it, and just kind of the biggest things that helped me on my equine journey of photographing. So... My first main tip for photographing horse events is unless you have to, do not stand right next to another photographer. So unless where you're shooting, the ring that you're shooting only has one place to stand for whatever reason, don't go and stand right next to another photographer. Then, then you're getting almost exactly the same shots and then it's just going to be a fight of okay, are they going to go for the cheapest or the best quality? And sometimes that's the same person. And so it's not supposed to be a competition. It's always community over competition. And it just doesn't work if all the photographers stand in the same place. So not only not standing in the same place, but also look, and if a ring doesn't have a photographer, you're better off going to that ring where you're not competing with another photographer at all I'm not talking about like a photographer can come up and start talking to me that is totally and utterly fine but if a photographer comes up stands next to me and starts taking photos I will move and that's not to be rude or anything at all but it's not fair that where I'm standing and I've been taking photos they're going to be taking exactly the same photos I say that but some people miss the focus, sometimes the quality's not as good, etc, etc. But, it still works into a competition the moment that happens. So, I highly suggest always finding, if you're going there in the place where you really want to stand, it's got the best light, already as a photographer there, keep an eye on the spot and choose a different spot, choose a different ring. Unless you're photographing a friend, that's... The only time it's a little bit different, if you are photographing a friend who you give the photos for, for free, and that is one, that is the best spot in the ring. You can get like five different jumps in that spot, it works really well. Any other spot you get, only like two good jumps, a little bit different. Stay there for your friend and then go, choose a different spot. That's one of the only times that I would consider that to be okay. And when I say photographers, I mean people who post all their photos online for people to buy 
not people who are just taking photos for a friend or videoing or something like that. You, when you're choosing your spot, ignoring the fact that there's no other photographers in a ring, right? And you're trying to choose your spot, there's a few things you need to think about. You want to stand where you get the most good angles for jumps. So, a great angle is on the side of the jump, slightly to the front, I find. But it depends on the jump and depends on your preference. Some people love the front-facing ones where the horse is coming straight towards you. I prefer the side-on ones that are slightly to the front so you can see the um, arch of the pony a little bit better. But that's personal preference. So I try to find the place that's got the most jumps with side-on front, side-on slightly to the front kind of view. So if I stand on the side of a ring, I might have three jumps that I can be at a good angle, even if it's just a few side steps each way for each of the different jumps. I might have three jumps that are a good side angle, two jumps that are a straight on or slightly straight on angle, and then maybe one or two that's a back angle. I don't, don't usually do back angles depending on how big the jumps are. If they're quite big, back angles look cool. If they're 60, 70, back angles aren't as pretty, you're better off with that side angle and stuff. Not only that, you do have to think about lighting. I find horse show lighting pretty easy most of the time, but there is a show or two um, down where I live where you have to be a little bit more careful because if it's really, really sunny, the whole ring's sunny except for that back kind of corner. And if you're shooting into that back sort of corner, all the background of your photos end up really dark and it's just not as nice. So angle of the jumps and lighting is always important and if there's an impressive jump or maybe even a sponsored jump it's always a good idea to try to get that one but obviously I think more jumps is better than one fairly good jump because for you you can't price them on this one's a really good jump so I'm going to price this seven dollars and this one's a bad jump so I'm going to price this five dollars you can't kind of do that technically you can but I don't think it would really work. And so you want to be thinking for your business as well and the fact that if you get five pictures over the jump of a round, that's five photos they can buy rather than one photo over a jump. Not only that, but I highly suggest getting action shots as well as they go round, etc. So before you go to a show, you have to be checking the rules about photographers at the show. If you're really uncertain and you're worried about it, message the organisers. Most organisers are super sweet. If you message and just say, hey, just checking if there's any rules about photographers or whether I'm welcome to come and take photos to sell. That's all I would check. A few places now have official photographers. Um... Which works great if they have a few people to cover all rings. If they don't, I personally struggle to find the point of it because, yes, it's advertising for them, but competitors miss out on photos of their ring if the photographer's at a different ring. Unless, unless, because some, some shows let there have, let there be, uh, photographer that's registered for the show with advertising and stuff and then other people can also come in so 
just got to check your reels. Sometimes it's on the sheet. Sometimes you have to message them. If nothing's on the sheet, nothing's online, then you can go and you can always ask when you're there, depending how far you have to travel. So what, what time and the movement therein matters, basically. So when a rider is in shot, the ideal time to capture them is when the rider is sitting in the saddle and the horse is at full extension. So full extension basically means one side, both legs almost touch, and the opposite side, the foreleg extends in front and the hind leg back and just left the ground, which is really rough. That's a really rough sort of description of that. But you want that full sort of extension for the best photo. That does not mean you try to time your click with it. I am a overclicker. So a lot of people say I'm, um, a lot of people would probably call me an overclicker, but I like to take a few photos of that movement and then cull it down from there rather than maybe miss the movement that I want. So I try not to get the rider rising too much because most of the time it's not the most attractive time. When the horse is really gathered together in the trot, it's not the most attractive for them. When they're extended is the best point of the trot for them. For horses with impressive paces, which is like high dressage moves, etc., the moment before that is good for the extended trot works slightly differently. So that made no sense because I'm reading off my piece of paper and I that made no sense what that was meant to say. So basically the movement before they do that big extended trot is sometimes nice when they're off that ground a little bit and a little bit up but for ponies that have really flat paces doesn't work as much I hope you can envision what I'm thinking but even if you look up a trotting horse you can see what at what times they take photos of the horse trotting and you kind of copy that so in your canter you want the point where they're rocked back onto their haunches and they're doing the uphill movement. That is the best time to get them. It's the most attractive for the horse and the rider. Any point after that, so there's a few milliseconds where they're back and then they're forward, forward, which are fine, and then they're downward. And you do not want to get when their back legs are off the ground and their front legs are on the ground and the head's kind of down and they kind of look like they're going to fall into their face because that's not an attractive point of view for the horse at all and you have to be thinking every photo you put up these riders may or may not sell their horse or etc you have to think okay whether is this a photo these people could use to sell this horse or put to put on their wall etc etc that's the best time to get the cancer personally when they've fully rocked back, you can see all their muscles moving over their butt, etc. The smaller the jump, the harder it is to photograph, I find. Less time in the ear, and a lot of the time you're not going to get the issues over the, over the big fences that you get over the little fences. So, when you're jumping, same thing talking about movement, when you're capturing a jump, you want the rider at the peak peak of their position 
So that means the waist is behind the pommel, their butts out of the saddle, their legs are underneath themselves, their heels are down, and they've given a good release. Obviously, not everybody has perfect position. It's not always going to be perfect, but we try our best to get the riders in the best position we can. So, that's that point is usually the horse's back legs have left the ground, but the horse is still in an upwards movement. Each horse is different, each horse jumps different, but basically the flat over the fence as they've hit the right middle top part of the arc sometimes is really nice, sometimes is not. A lot of the time you just want that going up where they've started to hit the peak of the fence but they haven't flattened out yet, etc. A lot of people like the downwards as well. That's a lot harder to get it to look nice rider-wise. A lot of the time it looks a little bit messy. They might accidentally catch the pony with their hands, etc. And you don't want to capture that as much. That is easiest to capture over a bigger fence. When they're little, their back legs are still going to be on the ground half the time until they're basically on the other side. So you just want that as they're getting over basically at the peak for the little fences because there isn't that much time for that up sort of motion so bigger jump longer time in the air more time to photograph it you want to avoid personally i try to avoid horses that are fighting the contact so mouths open pulling at the rider's hands head in the air that doesn't look like it usually is. So not horses that just go like a giraffe, but a horse that actually is tossing its head in the air and you can kind of see it in a photo. I try not to include people pulling faces or upset or anything. However, that does not really include jumping faces. So unless it's super, super close and the jumping faces very obvious when you open up the photo really bad if everything else is perfect it depends personal preference but I don't want to get like someone coming out of the ring and crying or someone trotting around and their faces all you know scrunched up and just not a photo that they're probably going to put on their Instagram sort of thing unless totally depends unless maybe that's what they do, maybe that's what you include, totally per personal preference, I'm not too fussed on it, if it's a faraway jump, I really don't mind, it's just when it's pretty close up. So, personal preference on everything about like including falls, some people do, some people don't, I usually do, but I don't include the whole fall, depends on how bad the fall is, if I know the rider, sometimes I'll message and go, give it to me for free sometimes i'll include one better one and say if you want more of falls that i have them etc if you're struggling to choose your price look into local photographers don't look into non-local photographers because those prices are totally different but look into your local ones see how much they charge 
but take into consideration the more popular they are, the more ex and the more experienced they are, the more expensive they can be. Therefore, if you don't have the name yet, so you're not going to get as many people looking at photos, etc. The more expensive you are, the less people you're going to get likely. And also the fact that it does depend on how experienced they are and the equipment and stuff. If their photos are crystal clear and your photos are still sometimes, maybe you have a beginner camera, it's a little bit green sometimes, then no, you shouldn't expect to charge the same amount as one of those photographers. And that's not a bad thing, that's what you want to work up towards. You are the cheaper option for them and people love having the cheaper option. Because some people take the cheap option over the quality. And that's totally okay. And then you can build up from there. If your photos are not blurry. If your photos are clear enough and exposed correctly. You, you can look that up, kind of compare. If they're exposed correctly, if they're not blurry. And if the white balance is pretty correct, then sell them. That's all you kind of need. That's kind of my basis on before you start selling them. I wouldn't start selling them until you have all of that sorted. And then you can go ahead and put a price on it. Some people edit them. Some people don't. I take all of mine. I cull them. I edit them. And then I post them onto Pixie Set Online undownloadable so yes people can still take screenshots but they're undownloadable all of them are watermarked though i use a software i watermark all of them straight across the middle and post it on facebook and explain how much they are how to get them etc i say please do not screenshot don't download etc etc and then it's really nice and easy i get about a hundred buck fifty to a hundred bucks from a horse show I don't do them very often anymore, but it's a nice little spot of money. I was going to do a basic thing over the photo rules I follow when I'm shooting. So that's keeping my horizon straight. That doesn't have to be in camera. If it's close enough, you can just adjust it in post. It's totally fine. But I don't sell photos until I've corrected the horizon usually. Sometimes horizons are a little bit hard depending on where you are, but... It is pretty important that the jump that they're jumping looks straight. If it's on straight ground, it should look like it's on straight ground. I shoot on Cloudy, which is a Kelvin setting on my Canon. And I almost always shoot on that. Sometimes I shoot on shade, depending on the weather. But that basically makes my picture... Like, I prefer warm pictures. It makes it nice and warm, but not too warm. It's not super, super yellow. But I want it warm enough. The best place to focus as you're taking photos is to focus on the horse's eye. So put your camera focus on the horse's eye. That's what you kind of want to focus. Because that should focus most of the horse and rider. And when you're also, when you're choosing your place to stand... It's a good time to think about don't have jump stands blocking your fences. No one really wants a jump where they're half blocked by jump stand. And I'm not talking about the jump stand of the actual jump, right? Because that'll happen. 
I'm talking jump scares of other jumps that are in front of them and stuff. You don't want that as part of your picture unless you absolutely have to. And that's why I always stand to the side and slightly to the front because otherwise your jump stand will half the time block out your rider or the horse's face and you don't really want that. At the end of the day, when I offer deals so people can buy like a whole round, so if they want to buy like five photos, it's a bit cheaper. Um, if they want to buy ten photos, it's a bit cheaper. If they buy almost all of their photos, like if I got ten photos of them throughout a show, like they did one round and I got ten photos and they buy six of them, I might include the rest for free or I might include two for free maybe an extra one that I really liked that they didn't choose and I was like oh yeah I'll just add that in so that's totally okay I like adding little extras people seem to really appreciate it and that's all I kind of asked for so a little brief at the end hopefully some of those were helpful I didn't really get into I didn't really get into photographing horse shoots and stuff. That's a whole nother ball game. A lot of those basics are all online. Use forward, how to do that. You can use, I have an app on my phone. Some people use mirrors depending on what you're wanting to do. I've dabbled in black backgrounds, but I don't do them a lot. It's a lot of editing to do. And they have to have the place for them, etc. Maybe I'll do an episode on that later on. We shall see. So, I have been doing photography since I was 14. I started off doing equine photography and slowly built up. I got my first camera at 14. It was a 700D and it was mostly horses and horse shows. It was only when I had about 16 that I started doing, 16, 17, that I started doing wedding stuff. And then 18, I really got into it. I worked up with Kelly Wilson when I was, how old was I, I think I was 17 to 18, um, worked up there for a few months, she has done National Geographic, she has photography books, um, etc, etc, world, award winning sort of photographer, so I worked up there with her for a while, um, worked with her she worked with 1DXs, which were super fancy, super expensive, super heavy. Um, so I filmed and photographed and stuff, and it was a great experience. I learned a bit, but I'd already been doing horses for quite a while, so I was already pretty used to it. Um, but I got a lot more experiences, and more photos which was always good and it's kind of just been on and off with the horse photography I do photography for our barn at the moment and I do horse shows every so often but with coaching on Saturdays and my own riding and weddings on Saturdays etc it gets a little bit busy so anyway hopefully that was a bit helpful I know other shows don't work like ours a lot. We tend to have like three jumping rings at a jumping show and that's it. It's all outdoors. It's pretty chill. 
Um, I know Anna Mirica will be doing some stuff for the uh, um, pre-buy packages. Um, there is something that could be taken up in New Zealand that people could do. However, I wouldn't offer it just because it puts a lot of pressure on making sure you get that rider at that time. And I think it'd be really hard to do in New Zealand because we aren't kidding out with a lot of stuff American shows have. So we don't have, we can't see exactly when riders going on online or anything. It's all just on whiteboards and stuff and half the time it's running across the showground and that takes like five minutes and then you're back and forth trying to check when someone's on and I think it would get really messy and you might miss someone and then you have to give money back because you don't get the photos for them etc etc so the other things to think about if you want to add experiences is to offer prints is to offer to pre-book but don't pay anything so basically saying like hey if you want me to capture you and you want to purchase photos I try to keep a I keep a mental list but I still keep an actual list of people that I don't photograph anymore because of certain things certain um, reasons like I've had issues dealing with them or little things like that um, and then I take a list of the opposite of people who almost always buy from me every show and make sure I get them because those are clients you have to be if you're just taking it for fun all good but if you're making it into a bit of a business you need to be taking notice of the people who buy from you a lot and quite often and the people who are pretty solid clients the other thing you can do is look into sponsored writers um, because those are always really handy. Gives you a little bit of momentum if you're just starting out. Because you can do horse shoots with them as well. So you can start getting into that. Offer them maybe free horse show photos or a certain amount, maybe prints, etc. But the advertising, the walking advertisements, the social media's advertising, etc. Okay, I'm going to start stop talking now and I hope you guys have learned something this has been a really long episode um, and hopefully it's a little bit better not being recorded in my car thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you later